today's podcast, we have uh, an information-packed episode. We're going to be talking about the details of teaching and different aspects of teaching. We're going to be talking about power football, the run game, why you shouldn't give up on the run game, and something specific to uh, our guest's short yardage goal line package, and the importance of simplicity in in your coaching and joining me to talk about all those things today is Sanders Davis the offensive line coach at Rice coach I appreciate you taking time to be on the podcast yeah coach I appreciate you having me man I've uh you know I've been a long time listener and uh you know it's kind of surreal now to be able to to talk on the on the podcast so I'm really excited for today so you know the drill, Coach. You know the things we're going to talk about. And I always like to, to, to find out more about your why in coaching. What was it that drove you to be a coach? And, you know, in, it's a, an interesting progression, which we'll talk about. Um, you've been able to, to climb the ladder here. But just going back to the beginning, why coaching? Yeah, and this is kind of a long story, so bear with me. But it's, uh, you know, it's it's kind of neat how it all has played out for me. I'm really lucky. I've had a lot of really great people, you know, in my in my life that have helped me get where I am right now. So very much not a, a one-man journey, uh, you know, to get where I am right now. But uh, I'm actually going to go back to high school. So I played football at Catholic High School in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, grew up, was born and raised in Baton Rouge, and I um, – you know, I had a I had a great time at Catholic. Um, my head coach there was Coach Dale Weiner, um, a really storied coach in the state. And my junior, my sophomore year of high school, um, we got a new receivers coach named Gabe Fertitta. And uh, I really had I didn't know much about him. You know, I mean, we were you know in O line land doing kind of our own thing. You know, the mushroom society mentality. And so I never really got to know him. Uh, and my old line coach that after that season, he ended up leaving. And so we didn't have a, we didn't have an old line coach. And, uh, you know, one day we have a team meeting and we get told that our receivers coach is moving over to old line and he's this tiny little guy, you know, not really big. And, uh, and everybody was kind of like, well, I don't, I don't know about this. And, and, but okay, here we go. And, uh, you know, the first practice. And I mean, he was getting on us and, you know, even more, it was just like how much he knew. And it was, it was crazy to us that, you know, somebody was able to, to move over to this spot and then coming to find out, you know, he had, he had GA'd as an O-line coach uh, at Mississippi college. And so, you know, once you learned all that, it wasn't as crazy, but uh, you know, at the time it was kind of, it was, it was funny. And uh, you know, I always like to tell that story because he always jokes about his you know, nobody ever believes that he's an old line guy. So uh, we we were we were in the same boat. We didn't either. And uh, anyway, so you know, we go through um, you know go through my last two years of, of football, and, and they were great, man. And I learned so much from him. And he and Coach Weiner ended up helping me get a scholarship at um, at Dartmouth College, which is where I went. And when I went there. Uh, I had every intention of going to med school. And so, uh, you know, I started getting a, a degree in, in biology and did the pre-med track thing. And uh, it was a lot of work, um, you know, and, and it was tough. It was, it was, it was a lot. And uh, about the time I got to my end of my junior year of college, uh, I decided I really didn't have a whole lot of passion for medicine anymore. And I don't know about you, but I don't want a doctor that doesn't have a lot of passion for medicine. And so, uh, and so that's kind of, 
I kind of started to reevaluate what I wanted to do and, um, you know, looking through, you know, thinking about what I was really passionate about. And there was something that I always wanted to do, but, you know, it just never really seemed like an option for me. Um, and I wanted to be a teacher. And so uh, I ended up calling my alma mater. I called up Catholic and they had an English job opening up. Well, I also uh, ended up getting a degree in English um, in college as well. And so that was perfect for me. So I was able to, you know, apply for that job. I had the qualifications to apply for it. And, uh, you know, if I got that job, I was going to go teach. And if not, then it was kind of going to be back to the drawing board. And uh, I ended up getting the job. And I talked to Coach Fertitta a long time about, you know, what should I do? How should I approach this? And we had a lot of conversations, but we had never talked about coaching. And then, you know, one day I was actually coming down on vacation and in the process I was going to interview and he was talking to me on the phone and he was like, by the way, like you are coaching, right? And I was like, Whoa, coaching. Like, yeah, I would love to, but I didn't think I was qualified to do that. You know, I had so much respect for my high school coaches when I was there. Like they were, golly, they were so, so good at what they did. And, you know, I, I figured that I had to be a lot more qualified to move into one of those roles. And, um, you know, I started off, you know, as the, as the freshman O-line coach at Catholic. So obviously I got the job and I was the freshman O-line coach for my first year. And I was helping out with the varsity as much as I could, you know, I mean, if it was, if it was drawing cards for them, even though I wasn't even going to be at the practice, like I was trying to do all those little things just to show and to learn, you know, because um, coaching itself was, was new to me. And so I was trying to learn all the intricacies. Uh, Gabe would, you know, sit me down with, with scout cards and make me draw through the whole script, you know, like, where's this guy going? What's this call? Like every little detail. And, and I learned quickly that way. Um, so that was really good uh, for my development. And again, just to his mentorship, like how much he invested in me was, was unreal. And so um, the next year I ended up moving up to the varsity O-line coach um, <clears throat> at Catholic. And uh, at that point it was like, okay, I had been learning, but I was, I was, I was swimming, man. I was my first year teaching, you know, I was, uh, it was my first year of coaching. And so it was, it was trying to stay above water, you know, and then the second year things had definitely settled down for me. I had a really good feel for everything. And so now I was in kind of my research phase, right? I want to go out and I want to find everything I can find and, and I want to pick what I like and I get rid of what I don't like. And, and, you know, and coach Fertitta was, kind of a soundboard for me and a resource for me to find things. And one of the things that he did was he gave me a DVD and it was uh, a cool clinic DVD of Mike Bloomgren talking about gap scheme, double teams. And uh, I put the tape on and I started watching it and I was, I was, I was sold on him, man. It was, it was awesome to see the passion that he brought into how he taught, even in a room full of, you know, it was a room full of coaches and you thought, thought he was, you know, in the front of an, uh, a stadium with as much, you know, enthusiasm he was teaching with. And the way that he talked about his guys, the types of guys that he was coaching, you know, with their motto of at the time it was Stanford's and intellectual brutality, like that really resonated with me and my background. And so uh, I wanted to learn everything that I could about Coach Boomgren and what they were doing there. And so we, I mean, we went on a multi-year, like we, I mean, we pulled everything that we could find and broke it down and studied it. And, you know, our, our offense really shifted towards that type of offense. And it was, it was a heck of a lot of fun to, to be a part of, of that. And, um, you know, having, again, having Coach Fertitta along the way to kind of help guide me was really cool. We ended up winning a state championship um, 
that first year that I was the old line coach, which was really neat. Um, it was also Coach Weiner's first state championship. So there was there was just a lot. There was a lot of meaning in that one, and that was really, really cool. Um, <clears throat> so then from there, um, I started uh, reaching out to Coach Bloomgren, and I was like, hey, Coach, like, I'd just love to come visit. You know, I'm a high school coach. I did this on Twitter, like a public tweet, uh, you know, not like a direct message, but like a public tweet. And you know, I was like, hey, coach, look, I'm this high school coach from Baton Rouge. I would love to come visit uh, if you have the time. Like, I'm actually going on vacation in the area. Um, you know, would you be available for a day? And he ended up responding back really quickly, um, gave me his phone number, and we got in touch and, uh, you know, told me, yeah, come on, let's go, and, and we'll meet the whole day. And that's what we did. We met the entire day. Like, he, he spent the whole day with me. We talked football. We watched film. Uh, you know, I had questions about certain plays, about certain techniques, like notepad of questions, tons of questions. And, uh, and he went through every freaking one of them, man, and, 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 and taught me everything I needed to learn to really master everything. And it was just, it was a really good experience. And that, and that, again, that talks to the kind of guy that he is, you know, like it would be really easy to just throw you in a room and say, Hey, there you go. Good luck. Or, or not even let me in the building, but he, not only did he let me in the building, he spent the whole day with me to make sure that I could grow. And, you know, you see that from him every single day, you see it from him every day. And I'm so thankful for him. And, uh, so I'll go back to Catholic, uh, you know, spend another year, another great season. And, uh, there's a clinic, a glazier clinic, I think in Vegas and it's, it's coach Bloomgren, it's coach Bob Wiley, it's coach Paul Alexander, you know, they're all speaking at this, this glacier clinic. And, uh, I was like, man, I've got to go to this one. And so I ended up going to that clinic and, and got to touch base with coach Bloom again. Uh, so again, just kind of forming that relationship. Uh, if you know anything about coach Bloomgren, if you're like his dummy in the, uh, or his, his guy, you know, his demonstration guy in the, uh, in the clinics, you know, that you're going to, you're going to get hit pretty hard. Like <laughs> it's full speed for him. And so I was his guy in, in Vegas and <laughs> he beat the crap out of me and it was, it was cool. <laughs> And I was, uh, again, I mean, it's just like, it was just more like, God, I want to be around this guy. Like he's so, if you're an offensive line coach, like how could you not love being around him? And, uh, and so, you know, just kind of kept that relationship alive. Well then in 2018, you know, I'm on, uh, like every coach, I'm on football scoop, you know, during the kind of the off season, just seeing what's going on and bam, there it is. Mike Bloomgren hired his Rice's you know, head coach. And I, and I think to myself, holy smokes, like that's four hours away. Like I can make that drive. I can make that drive any day. And, uh, so I ended up going to visit and, uh, after they get settled in and, you know, things are great. And then that season ends up happening. And then after that season, I end up getting a phone call from him and he asks me if I'm interested in being a GA. And so I was absolutely, I want to do it. And, you know, it was something that I had been thinking about for a while, you know, whether or not I wanted to do it, how to go about doing it you know, there were a couple opportunities that came up along the way and I didn't really feel like they were good opportunities for me. But like I said, if you're an online coach and you want to be really good, then you need to learn from one of the best. And so when I had that opportunity to go learn from him and work with him, uh, I had to take it. And so, uh, I did. And, you know, the rest is, <laughs> the rest is kind of history. You know, I got there and, uh, you know, I just kind of did my thing, did my job. You know, I was doing my best to you know, just sit down, shut up and absorb it all. And, you know, and that's what I did. And like I told you, like, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot to learn. It's a lot. And I was, 
I was loving every minute of it. I mean, it was so much football, so much good football. And uh, so it was really cool to learn. And then uh, at, at the end of that year, uh, he ended up offering me the the full-time O-line coach job. And, you know, that was literally surreal, like unbelievable, unbelievable for it to happen. And, again, that just goes to Coach Bloomberg, man. He is a loyal, loyal, good person. You know, if you, if you do your time and uh, support him and, and do the work well for him, then – it's going to come back to you at some point, you know, because again, because that's what he values, you know? And so I've been really lucky. So been around coach Fertitta, been around coach Weiner, been around coach Bloomgren. And without any one of those three, I don't think I'd be where I am. And so uh, I'm incredibly gracious for all three of them. Well, I think there's a, a couple important things here to, to point out, especially for our younger coaches in the audience thinking about how do I make that jump from the high school level to the FBS and, uh, if you look at some of the things you did, it just started with developing that relationship. It didn't happen overnight. It, you know, it took that one time of you going and, and clinicking and then the follow-up and then going out and, and specifically going somewhere to see him. And um, I, I think you can tell right away too, I mean, just those different people in coaching who, who you come across in the profession that there's there's people who are really open and, and giving in that regard that if you're willing to develop that relationship with them, they're going to, they're going to give to you. You know, I think we've gotten into this era of, of everybody saying, oh, well, you know, everything's free and you just, you know, get it on YouTube and, you know, expect to, you know, go on clinics and tell, you know, ask coaches, Hey, can you send me your, your slides? And, you know, I think uh, I heard it best from James Franklin this season. Like you want our stuff and you want to know more from us than spend time with us, develop the relationship. And that's exactly what you did that, that helped you progress to be able to get that opportunity when it came about. Yeah, there's no doubt. And I, and I think there's another layer to that too. And the layer was like my, my goal in this relationship between coach Bloomgren and I was not to become a high, a college coach. It was not to get a job, right? My goal in the relationship was to learn from him and create, create a conversation where I could call him up anytime that I needed and get the information that they, you know, not the information, but like learn from what they were doing. And so, you know, like I wasn't going into this thing being like, Oh, let me get to know this guy so I can get another job. You know, I think it's really, really easy in this business to sniff out insincerity. And so when, when you feel, yeah, when you feel that it's kind of a turnoff really quick, you know, and those aren't, you know, you, those might be the people that you want to talk to and appease, but not the people that you're going to end eventually hire, you know? And so I think, you have to be sincere in the way that you go about it. And you have to have a genuine interest in that person, not necessarily in the program that that person is working for. You know, if Mike Bloomgren was working anywhere, you know, I would have been interested in what Mike Bloomgren was doing. Now he was at one of my, you know, one of the schools that I admire the most again with my background, but that had nothing to do with, it. you know, I mean, it was about this guy is an unbelievable O-line coach. You know, what can I learn from him? And and I'll tell you what, it, it too, like at the time, I had no intention of being a college coach. Like I was so happy being a high school coach. And it wasn't until a few years into my career that I really even started to consider it. Um, so like that wasn't even on my mind when I first got to meet him, you know, but I was interested in, you know, what he was doing on the backside of outside zone. I was interested in his double teams on power and, and I was interested in being better, you know, gosh, he brought so much passion into it. And so, 
I think, I think that's really important. And then, you know, your goals again, like talking about taking that another step, like your goal, you've got to be more than just, Hey, I want to be a college coach, right? Like that's a very, there's a very terminal amount of growth in, Hey, I want to be a college coach, right? If that's your only goal, then once you do it, then who are you, you know, then you're nobody, right? You're just a guy that, that got a good job. Right. But like my goal is to be, this sounds so cliche, but it, it's true. Like my goal was to be the best line coach that I could be. Like I wasn't interested in where I was, like I was happy, right? Like I was at my alma mater. I was working for my old coach who I loved to death, you know, one of my best friends in the world. I was surrounded by my best friends in the world. My job made a difference, you know, in the, in the way that I was teaching and the subjects that I got to teach, you know, I got to teach English, which is a very developmental class for guys. So I was, I was happy. I felt like I was reaching a lot of the goals that I wanted to. And so, you know, as I was going about doing this, like I wasn't looking to just be a college coach. Like I just wanted to be a good teacher. I wanted to be a great coach. And that is what's allowed me to continue to grow now. Right. Like after I've got this job right now, now I keep growing because my goal hasn't changed. Right. My goal is exactly what my goal was in the beginning, which was to be the best online coach that I can be. And so now it's, what more can I learn from Coach Bloomgren? Who are these other guys that are, we're bringing into the program that I can learn from and, and grow with them? And so um, sincerity, I think, is really, really important Yeah, and goal I, setting. I, I love that point you made about you, you didn't go into it to, to go get a job. You went into it to learn. And I, I would agree. If you're, if you're out there and your purpose of networking is solely what you can do, you know, to for me, it, it's – it's it's not going to work. Uh, you have to go out and learn and and uh, be willing to to listen and and uh, give attention to that process, right? If somebody's going to take the time to sit down with you, and uh, you're kind of half-assing your way through listening to them talk about what they're doing, you're not taking notes, you're not asking questions. That's probably the last time you're going to get an opportunity to sit down with them, right? But they if they know they're they're helping you making a difference, it's it's a, a completely different interaction and it certainly builds the relationship. I completely agree. You know, like I think showing up with your questions beforehand, like having done the, the, the studying beforehand and knowing exact, like the more focused you can make that conversation with that person, the better, right. The more, the more time you get to talk ball with that person and, and, and get to know them, um, or, or even just them knowing that, hey, they, they are truly interested in what we do here, right? Again, sincerity, right? Like, they really want to know what we do here. And then you get to have those really focused conversations where you can get into the minutia of techniques. You can get into the minutia of the thought process. And then it's like, okay, this person really knows what they're doing, right? Or this person can really talk ball. And then I'm going to teach them more and more and more. And now I'm invested in that person, right? Like, I, I've, I've taught this guy a lot of stuff. Like, I'm invested in his growth. And, and if you can ever get to that point with a person, then, you know, I mean, then he's a mentor, which who doesn't need more mentors, you know? No, great, great points there. And uh, I, I hope, you know, that helps. I think it will. I think that'll help somebody out there who's trying to figure this thing out and how do you grow in this game. And that's some great advice. So the, uh, the other aspect I, I have to say, you need to learn pretty quickly that if you're asked – uh, to help out with, you know, running a projector or slides or whatever it might be with an offensive or defensive line coach, uh, you're, you're, don't be fooled. 
you're you're in for some demo. And I I had I made that mistake one time. I was I was when I was coaching high school ball still, and uh, Brady Hoke, um, you know, uh, became you know friends with Brady, and Brady was out in our area. He's like, hey, can you can you you know work my overhead for me? And so we got to like two minutes before. I'm like, Brady, where are your overheads? He goes, I don't have any overheads. I'm like, oh no. And and then it you know proceeded to do every defensive line technique on on me, right? So um, and I can I can say after the, you know, the, the the previous night with with Coach Hoke, uh, you know I wasn't in any shape to be uh, doing any of that. So anyway, you, you know beware. Uh, but when I look Coach, at, <laughs> go ahead. I know. <laughs> I was in Vegas. I was in Vegas when I went to that clinic. <laughs> so I was in the same place as you and. Uh, so we did, I'll just tell you this real quick. And I'm, I don't mean to drag things on, but we do one drill where we work on punch, like just a punch. And it's kind of like a trust fall thing. You know, like there's a guy, you're on your knees. The guy on offense is on his knees and his hands are loaded, kind of like in a four point explosion. And then the defender stands up on his toes and literally just trust falls into the, all uh, the O-lineman and the O-lineman strikes and punches. And you're like in a 45 degree angle to the ground. <laughs> And he just punched you to keep you up. We demoed that one in the in the clinic, and that one was not fun. No, I, I wouldn't think it would be. <laughs> uh, well, Coach, pro- progressing on, I know you talked about being a, a teacher and, and an English teacher. I was an English teacher as well uh, when I was at the high school level. I know this about being an English teacher. Uh, there's, there's no faking it there, um, you know, I remember, uh, you know, I was at a, a school. I'm teaching ninth graders, and a kid raised his hand about three weeks in and said, "When are we going to watch a movie?" I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He said, "Well, you're a coach. <laughs> Aren't you going to put a movie on at some point?" I'm like, "No, I'm going to teach you to read and write." <laughs> and so uh, I can say uh, I got into teaching because I wanted to coach, but. Um, that aspect of being in the classroom, being an English teacher really helped me understand and translate all the things that I was doing in the classroom to how I could better serve and teach my players on the field. And I know before we got going, you and I were talking about some of the different things you do that really stem from being a classroom teacher. So uh, if you would explain, what are some of the key things you use in your teaching? Yeah, I think, I think that's a really good question. Um, you know, another, I mean, coaches are teachers, right? And so the more you can learn how, as a coach, how to teach guys effectively, uh, the better they should perform, right? And so I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of different things that you have to consider, um, you know, going into it. And uh, we do, we do use a lot of, a lot of stuff that I've learned, you know, from my teaching background. And, and none of this is like uh, revolutionary, you know, you, everybody does this. Um, but I do think that some of these things were, uh, they're kind of integral in the way that I run the room and, and run a practice. And uh, we can talk through a couple of those. And the first thing I think is like uh, um, types of learners, right? You have to understand that there are different types of learners. Uh, and when you understand that there are different types of learners, you learn that you have to present things in multiple different ways, right? It's not good enough to just, show the clip. It's not good enough to just show the drawing, right? And so you have to attack it from multiple directions. And so we might be going through a play or a technique and, you know, we might get a guy to, um, 
you know, talk through it first and then we'll watch a clip and then we'll get guys on the board and they'll draw, you know, we'll put three of them up on the board and they got to draw the play. And then a guy's got to come up to the front of the room and execute the technique on air, you know? And so there's just a lot of different things, tactile, kinesthetic, you know, verbal, audio, all these different things that we try to make sure that, you know, they're getting what they need to learn it. So that the first time, like if a guy is a kinesthetic learner, you don't want the first time that he's learning it to be out on the field, right? Like you want it to be beforehand. You want there to be some introduction to it so that you can critique more on the field than you are teaching on the field, I guess, if that makes sense, like installing on the field. And so um, we do, we do try to do things um, in a lot of variety of ways. One of the things I thought was really cool, um, you know, one of the kind of the blessings, I guess, of COVID uh, was that we had a lot of time in the off season to get with our guys on zoom. And so after I went through some of the stuff that I wanted to get through, I ended up just letting them teach. I let them, I assigned, you know, a pair of guys to each of our run installs and each of our protection installs. And they had to teach the rest of the group. And so it was interesting to see like, you know, their approach to it. And, and, you know, I didn't, I told them like, it doesn't have to be the way that I do it. You know, I mean, it can be in the way that you learn and, you know, I mean, just the to see them like okay here's the slide and then here's the clip of the you know here's the practice clip and then here's the game clip and you know all those little things that can that can build into you know developing a whole understanding of something I think is really important um, more so in like creating variety in how you're teaching it so I think you know attacking it from multiple directions is really really important right connecting that to the classroom right of course as an English teacher you're writing but also, right, like you can learn those skills from speaking uh, and I wouldn't have to grade a paper. So that was really good. <laughs> uh, you can get them in presentation form. Right. So that's another way to do it. You can certainly read something. You can lecture them. Right. And all these different things that you do are trying to create that whole understanding of what you're trying to accomplish. And so I think I think attacking it from multiple ways is really important, albeit not revolutionary. Uh, another thing I think is important is is like part part whole teaching and so teaching the individual parts uh before you teach the whole thing and so we'll do that you know a lot of different ways uh and i'll talk specifically about the field um like we will do the individual if we're working a double team that day we will work the individual components of that double team we'll isolate those things uh before we ever put it together and so i think it's really important as a coach that it is not fair to expect things from guys if you haven't isolated it, right? It, it should not be the way, exactly the way that you want it until you isolate it for guys. And so if you find yourself where you're having these consistent problems and, and you're talking to them about it and they're just not getting it, I think the next question to ask yourself is, well, did I isolate this? Did I isolate it and give their full attention to this one specific thing, right? Because you can't fix 10 things at once. And, reali and like realistically, you can fix one thing at a time. And so if you want to do that, you've got to isolate it. And, and as you isolate the technique, maybe the first rep, you're only talking about their hip level. And then the next rep, you're talking about their aiming point, right? And you can get a couple reps of that where all they have to think about is those little details of that portion of the double team. Then what we'll do is we'll put the double team together, um, but we'll do it when we call it part, part, whole. And so it'll be like a three cadence block. And so the first cadence will be, uh, the, like the inside half of the double team. The second cadence will be the outside half of the double team. And then the third cadence will be like, okay, now finish the drive block. And so we'll like, we'll break it up into that make sure the fit is good, right? Are you getting into the right fit? Are you, are your, is your footwork 
doing the right thing? You know, like, can we isolate that your step was poor before we do the full double team, right? Like, those are the things that we're trying to do uh, when we do that. And then the next step in the progression is to do the whole technique or the whole double team at once. And so, again, not revolutionary, but being fair in what you're doing, right? Like, you've got to isolate it. You've got to identify the problem. You've got to get them the chance to work on that single specific detail before you put them into the, you know, throw them into the river, you know? And so I think that's really, really important um, when trying to get guys to understand techniques. And then the last thing that I think is, it's kind of a buzzword, I think in education is, and, but it's really true. And, and we don't talk about this. We don't talk about it as this, but a scaffolding is the word. And really all it means is connect the dots, right? How much can I connect uh, one thing to another thing, right? So as we talk about learning all these different plays, and we do have a really expansive, you know, NFL West Coast offense. And so there's a lot for these guys to learn. And so the more that you can scaffold, the more you can connect the dots, right? Hey, this is the same as this. This is just like that. Then you can accelerate that learning a little bit. But then to go another step with it as a coach, like, do you have the foresight to realize, okay, this is going to be too much. Can we change this technique on this play? to marry up with this one. And now we're not overwhelmed with what these guys have got to learn. Right. And so, cause if once they get to the point where they're overwhelmed mentally, you're probably not going to get a really good product throughout the rest of practice. And so I like, guess a coach going into a, into a install or going into a game plan, like, Hey, should we just go ahead and use this type of double team instead of that? Should we use this type of block on the front side instead of that and create some continuity. And so I think the more you can connect those dots, the more you can, the more you can say like this is just like this other thing i think uh i think creates it creates a really quick environment for learning when things are not always uh necessarily um designed to be learned quickly you know and so i, I think those are just some of the approaches that that i've taken that um that i've learned from my teaching career again nothing revolutionary thank you again for listening to the coaching coordinator podcast Please, if you are enjoying the podcast, head over to iTunes or Spotify and click five star for a rate. If you have a minute, write a review. It really helps the podcast. Check out our new home for the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. That's at coachandcoordinator.com. And follow me on Twitter at Coach K. Grabowski.